Ah, motherhood. One minute, your mom of the year. I love you, mommy. Then the next? Mm, not so much. From bath time to bullying, from potty training to puberty, parenting is full of challenges. But one thing is for certain, you are not alone. Welcome to Modern Mom Probs. I'm your host, author, mother, parenting expert, Tara Clark. Join me while we tackle today's Modern Mom Problems. Welcome back to another episode of Modern Mom Probs. I'm your host, Tara Clark. If you like what we're doing here, be sure to subscribe. We're doing something a little bit different today. Today, we're going to be talking about why moms love true crime stories. I'm joined by Gretchen and Tabitha. They're both moms, and they're the hosts of Housewives of True Crime. Each week, they tell a true crime story that they like to call Crime Light. And the first few minutes of every episode is about life and mom life and mom talk so that their listeners get to truly understand who they are. Their podcast, which I absolutely love, it's like sitting down with two of your best friends. Gretchen and Tabitha, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. It's so fun to be here. This is exciting because this, like I said, is a little bit different from the stuff I normally talk about. I normally have people on and we talk about modern mom problems, modern mom solutions, trying to find a fit for both of these. But today we're going to be talking about true crime. And I feel like, you know what, let's make up a modern mom problem to go with this. And it's like, why do moms find comfort in watching true crime documentaries? I think that's going to be the question. And then we're going to work around defining the solution for that. So ladies, before we jump into that concept, let's go into a little bit more about who you are, why you got started doing this, like what motivated you, what inspired you. Gretchen, I'm going to go with you first. Okay. Well, I have three children and I had twins and then I had another surprise baby within the same year. And so, you know, basically what they call Irish triplets. So I was just in it you know, full mom in it until my kids were about six. And then things started to just get a little easier. And it was like, I could actually do something else, but I can't really do something else. So what what could we do? And we had been talking about this idea of a podcast for years and we fin- I finally had the time to do it. Yeah. That's awesome. So how do you, before I jump into Tabitha, how do you know each other? So it, did you know each other offline? Did you meet online? How did that get started? No, we actually have known each other for maybe 25 plus years since we were about 18 years old working at Outback Steakhouse. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So we've gone through every every stage together. That's so sweet. I love that. Total shout out to chain restaurants. I used to bartend at Applebee's a very long time ago. Oh, so nice. I get that. <laughs> yeah. So shout out to the to the steakhouses and to the chain restaurants. So Tabitha, tell me a little bit more about your family. Okay. So I also have three children and they are pretty close in age. Not the same closeness as Gretchen, but I also have my third who was a surprise baby 18 months after my second. So I have three kids within a three and a half year time span, two boys and a girl. And like Gretchen said, I mean, we 
we are best friends. So we talk on the phone all the time. We're old school. We don't text as much as some of the newer moms. But so we would be literally in the carpool line talking to each other about crime stories. And that's where we get, you know, like kind of like, why are we so fascinated with crime stories? But her and I were like, we could, you know, we are so fascinated with true crime together. And we had talked years ago, ironically, about doing a mom podcast when we first had our babies. But like Gretchen said, I mean, six kids between the two of us, there was no time. And then once all of our kids were in kindergarten, we were like, okay, we have some time. Let's do what we love and let's talk true crime. The other thing you were talking about is a mom problem. And we find it a little bit challenging sometimes to meet moms and then tell them, hey, they say, what do you guys do? And we're like, oh, we have a true crime podcast. And then they kind of look at you like, do you talk about murder? That's weird. (laughs) Yes. So how do you answer that question? You're like, yes, actually, that's exactly what we're talking about. Yes. (sighs) Sometimes uh, it gets a little bit, you know, we're shy about it a little bit because we're like, yes, we research murder. And then we try to say why it's okay to research and talk about murder. I usually backpedal and say, we we talk about fraud too, and it's not all, you know, dark, and you can still be friends with me and let your kids come over to my house. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a weirdo, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is that is what we say. And we're like, I promise I do not say any bad words in front of your kids. I'm very nice. I'm like, the best mom, I'll, I'll give your kids cookies and make them That makes you a bad mom. And, but... I know, true. them fruit and... <laughs> I use organic yeah. ingredients, okay? You're like, I'm shopping at Whole Foods. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but I also bet that that sort of like weeds out the other people that like maybe like you don't want to hang out with, right? Like if you tell them like, oh, this is what I do and they're super creeped out by it, you're like, you know, maybe these aren't my people. 100%. Totally. Yeah. That's, I think that's like a good screening mechanism to find your own, your own people. Is this the kind of stuff you guys are talking about, like, on the sideline at soccer practice? Yeah. Actually, last year, my daughter played softball, and it came out that I did the true crime thing, and I heard a couple of the husbands behind me go, oh, God, here they go, because they all had to kind of knew that their wives had this, you know, serial killer documentary or, you know, whatever fascination. They were like, oh, no, now they're all going to be friends. And we are. Yes, it's true. <laughs> yes. I get right yeah. now the Murdoch. Everybody wants to know about the Murdoch. And and Gretchen and I have some like behind the scenes tips on it because we have a lot of listeners that live in the area and they like to give us some info. So it's kind of fun because if you are a fan of true crime and you are a friend of mine, you get kind of the inside tips. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Now we're friends and now I want some <laughs> of the inside tips. I was like blown away with the Netflix documentary because I hadn't been following along with the trial. So I sort of like watched the documentary almost like after the fact and I was just so blown away or maybe like just right around the time that they came up with the conviction. I think that's probably what it was. So I was sort of late to the punch on that, but I was blown away. So feel free to share any of those little tidbits that you have there, Tab. Gretchen 
actually turned me on to the the HBO series. So you'll I thought the HBO series was better than the Netflix stock, but we actually were kind of late to the party, the Murdoch party as well. You know, it just seemed like there was so much there. And it wasn't until the Netflix thing came out that we said, okay, everyone's asking us about it. We got it. And then we found the HP. And then the rabbit hole began. And then the juicy stuff we have about that is just we taught, we interviewed someone from the area who just kind of told us what the word on the street is down there that there was maybe some drug trafficking going on that is kind of left out of the documentaries, but all kind of makes sense. Yeah, it totally makes sense because at one point in the documentary, they talk about the airplane hangar on the property and someone mentioned about like sending in, you know, girls and drugs. And that makes sense if maybe that's what they're talking about. Yes. And then there's also, he bought that Moselle property for $1 from somebody that was suspected as a drug dealer. And why would he sell it for $1? That is a, it's what, 18 acres or 1,800 acres. What is it, Gretchen? It's like a huge property. But there's no way that that property goes for, I mean, nothing goes for a dollar. Come on. Can't even buy a pack of gum for a dollar. So there's something shady going on. And where's all the money? I mean, he says he just blew all this millions of dollars on his own personal opioid habit. And it's just, it's just impossible. They're expensive, but they're not that expensive. From what I hear. Where do you think it went? <laughs> Word on the street. I don't know. I think that there is, I think there is just a lot more to the story that we that we haven't heard. And do you think I that they think, had anything to do with Stephen Smith? Yes. You do. Yeah, I, I can't so wait to hear what happens. Just the autopsy, you know, he's being exhumed right now. That will be great. Well, they've ruled it a murder already. So that just within the last week or two. So we are gonna we're gonna hear a lot more about that, I think, coming up in the next few months. It's fascinating. So going back to like the topic, why? Why are we so enthralled with these topics? I think there's a couple reasons, and Gretchen and I might have different opinions on this, but I think one, because women love gossip. And it's a form of gossip with somebody that you don't know, right? So you're you're telling, I mean, and it's like a movie also. So it's a story and it's pretty juicy. And the ones that we like to tell are kind of the juicier ones. They're not as horrific as some of them out there. And like, that's why we say crime light, like, it's kind of a crime of passion. It's we when, don't do anything you know, with children. A woman walks in on her husband, or yeah, we don't ever talk about children in our in our crimes because we have children, and that scares us. And that's just like Dateline, right? So Dateline doesn't they one offs they do children's stories, but they have to be very high profile, like a Madeline McCain or something like that. But they generally don't do really scary stories because I think we just like. We like to know. We like to be in the know. We like a good story. The other thing is I think we like to be aware of what could happen so that we are aware when we go outside the house to, you know, 
be cautious of ourselves. I would agree. I think it is there's something empowering about watching all of this true crime. And there's something I think we kind of like that, oh, you know, no, you, why didn't you do this? Or why weren't you locking the door? Or how could she, you know, whatever we're telling, we're kind of coaching ourselves. Or if I'm ever in that situation, I'm not going to be like that girl. But then we probably would. Of course we would. I don't know <laughs> up from down <laughs> most days. <Yeah. laughs> Lately, my skin has been so dry, like cracked, flaky dry, and tight, so tight, especially on my face. I recently started using Codex Labs skincare products, including the Sia Hydrating Skin Superfood, the Nourishing Facial Oil, and the Unscented Soap. Since I have sensitive skin, their unique plant-based microbiome-friendly formula hydrated and smoothed my skin without making it feel heavy or irritating it. The nourishing facial oil was so light that it made my skin feel like silk. I absolutely love how it made my face feel so soft and fresh again. Head over to codexlabscore.com to learn more. My listeners receive a 20% off discount for using code MODERNMOM20. It really does give you a lot to think about, especially with certain things in the news as they have been in the last like day or so. There was, you know, recently another school shooting, unfortunately. And so it always makes you pause and think about your own situation, your own town, your own school. And I think that true crime also does that too. You, You think like, oh, is... Is, is this as safe of a town as we think it is? You know, what can we do to make it safer? What can we do to safeguard our families? I am constantly talking about my kids. I don't scare them, but I do make them aware of things that I do. For instance, recently I was followed home and I was very aware of the situation because it was a car that doesn't normally drive down my street. And I just, I kind of just knew that it turned this way. It turned this way. It kept turning where I was turning. And so my boys were in the back seat with me and I said, listen, guys, I think somebody is behind us and we are not going to pull in our driveway. I'm going to just kind of keep driving so that I can see if this is, you know, maybe I'm just totally crazy because I do true crime. And I do think that puts me on edge a little bit more than other people. But I also just want them to be aware like, hey, if you see something that doesn't look right, you don't have to keep doing exactly what your, your plan was. So and sure enough, I mean, this guy was going everywhere I was going. And so I I was right. But I also want them to know like, hey, you know, when you go in a parking garage, you have to be aware of your surroundings at all times. Yeah. Did you ultimately end up in a public place, like a public, I don't know, parking lot or something? Yeah. I called the, I got on the freeway and then I called the police and then they kind of took over from there. Did you get his license plate? I did. Smart. I did do that. I took a picture of it. I videoed. (laughs) I'm a little Very efficient. I'm I, listen, I think the lesson from Tab's experience that you, maybe you're going to forget to bring this up, Tab, is that she w- ended up driving into another town. So that made it a little complicated when this yes. whole thing panned out. It is true. He drove into another town and I kind of at that point was just, we were kind of 
next to each other. When you leave one town and go into another town, now it's another town's jurisdiction for the police. And so then you have to call another police department because they don't like to work hand in hand for some reason. So my police department was like, hey, next time, why don't you stay in our town? (laughs) And so we can actually get him because he went into a bigger town and bigger towns have bigger police forces and they don't really care that somebody's following you. Right. But at least you had the presence of mind to realize what was happening, to get his license plate, to think to call the police. Like a lot of people who aren't as well versed in this industry as you are would probably not give it much thought. Right. I I do agree with that. And when I tell friends, they're like, how did you even think that he was doing that? Like, I wouldn't even have noticed. I would have just pulled in my driveway. I don't, I mean, I just, it, it is probably the line of work I do, but it is also something that most people should be aware of. So I was just saying that in our area, car theft is a really big issue. Thieves will come into our town and steal cars right out of people's driveways pretty frequently. And and it's one of those things where the police are constantly saying, like, don't leave your key fobs in the car. And it's like, how many times do they have to tell people? Because, like, who is still doing that? But there are plenty of people who are still doing that, which is why they need the reminder. But I, I think it's so important to just, like, get the messages out there. It's like, you know, be aware of your surroundings, whether it's in your own driveway or on the freeway or, you know, in a parking garage, or don't leave your keys in the car. Simple, simple things like that make a big difference. Yeah, especially if they ha- if you leave your key fob in the car and you have one of those garage door openers, now they have access to your house and your car. But I also had a girlfriend recently got her car stolen right out of her driveway because she also left her key fob in the car. So, yeah, it, it's it's wild. I have a, a friend who a few months ago, she and her husband were both working from home. And I think he was like in his boxer shorts or something because, you know, he, he works in finance. And so he was just like on the computer and he saw someone try to steal his Audi from his driveway and he ran out in his underwear and scared the guy away. (laughs) I mean, it's so blatantly happening in my area. And unfortunately, the police just say like they, they can't really do anything about it. There's really not much that they could do with the car thefts because we're just outside of New York City, but they're actually not coming from that area. There seems to be a, a gang of car thieves that tackled the entire eastern seaboard all the way down from Florida all the way up to New York. And they're incredibly hard to, to catch because once they hop on the, the highway, because we, we call it a highway here in New York, but once you hop on the highway, then then they're gone and it's really, really hard to, to get the cars back. Well, that just makes me wonder about running outside in your underwear. I, I always think, what if this gang of car thieves, I'm sure they have weapons or something, is it worth it? It's a good question. I mean, at least over here, the guy just jumped in his getaway car and then he, because they always come in pairs. You know, there's a guy who's dropping the thief off. And so then he's dropping his thief friend off. And the thief friend at that point got back in the car and the two of them drove away. But it's also an issue with delivery drivers sometimes too, because I mean, I'm sure you guys also get a lot of packages (laughs) delivered like we do. And sometimes they're casing out the situation or our houses that way too. So going back to like true crime, and I'm not just talking about, you know, 
car thefts, which is a true crime, but true crime in, in like the real sense of the word. What is your favorite true crime story? Oh my gosh. You know, I, this is funny, but I mean, the ones that we like, the, I don't know, it, it kind of depends on my mood, but the one that I always say is we refer to it as naked Zumba. We had a woman who was running kind of an escort service out of her Zumba studio. I, I think that's my favorite crime. I think I just, <laughs> I'm really, just really impressed that you could, one of the things is that you would do Zumba naked. I mean, it's, I can't do it. Oh, right. Okay. In, back, in clothes. Back, back up the truck there. <laughs> back up the truck there, Gretchen. So this woman, she's a madam and she's running a Zumba studio. Mm-hmm. And men are coming to the studio to pick up these girls and then they're bringing them home. How's that working? Oh my gosh. Okay. I I feel like she was doing like kind of like a, a webcamming. Yeah, she was webcamming. She was naked Zumbaing. Mm-hmm. No she was doing the way. Zumba naked, which is pretty incredible because, you know, you got a lot of shaking going on. But she on. also taught regular Zumba classes there. So, I mean, she was she was really dedicated to Zumba. You know. I feel like that's sort of like an OnlyFans account. <laughs> Could that it, be an OnlyFans yes, account? Yes, and this was pre-OnlyFans. So, she's really OG of it. Yeah. But it involved a lot of high-profile people in the community. It was a small town in Maine. I want to say it was like Kenny Bunkport or something. Yes, that's what it was called. Yeah, and it involved like the high school hockey coach and all of this stuff. And I think it's also – it's just kind of interesting just to talk about is this even like the crime worth humiliating all these people over? I I, I don't know. It's a – I think we decided it I wasn't. Think we decided really it wasn't. Yeah, worth. I think we decided yeah. let the woman do naked Zumba. Yeah, I mean there are yeah. people making tons of money, <laughs> making tons of content all over the internet right now, doing things that are actually kind now, of like far less provocative or far more provocative. I mean, far more provocative than what mm-hmm. she was doing. Wow, that that's pretty wild. I was watching when and listening to the episode the other day about Jerry Lou Lewis, you know, the singer who sang Great Balls of Fire. Mm-hmm. And he was an interesting character. And you guys really dove into, into that family. You want to share a little bit about that case? About Jerry Lee Lewis? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think most people are aware of the fact that he came into play because we were doing an episode about Robert Blake, who recently passed away. But his wife who he debatably murdered or not, he was found not guilty. She had a relationship with Jerry Lee Lewis. She was someone who was drawn to celebrities, and she decided to name her child after Jerry Lee Lewis while he was married to another woman who was not a fan of that. And they ended up doing a DNA test and it wasn't hers. But Jerry Lee Lewis is a real handful. I mean, I think people know that he was married to his 13-year-old first cousin, Myra. Mm-hmm. But It was in the um, movie. There, did you ever see the movie? N- I think I did years ago. There was a but movie so that was out, more to I want to say, in that. the 90s. I yeah. think Winona Ryder, was, Winona Ryder was in it. I don't know. I have to fact check that. 
he was so much more of a gross guy than just that. I mean, that's bad enough. But he also committed loads of fraud. He was arrested twice at Graceland for shooting things. Someone was (laughs) grazed by a bullet in the head because he he fired a shot off. I don't know. I don't like that. And he went back and married the 13-year-old's brother's wife. Was like his fifth or sixth marriage. It's wild. So there's That's just there's a lot wild. to unpack there with Jerry. It was a lot, and then that with the with the Bonnie Lee, and it was, it was that was that was a great episode. So, do you think Robert Blake did it? Yeah, I kind of do. Yeah, I yeah, so. I do. I actually like. How did he not get convicted on that? But I don't know. I wasn't there. Because he was a celebrity, I think that that's, you know, if there's any doubt with a celebrity, I mean, obviously, like, it's beyond a reasonable doubt. There wasn't, to me, a reasonable doubt. Like, I don't think somebody just offed her in the parking lot when he went back to the restaurant to retrieve his gun, of all things. Which that's the really, that's the kicking point, the sticking point, I should say, for me, is that no one saw him go back in the restaurant to retrieve his gun. No one, no customer, no staff member. You would remember, someone would remember seeing you if you went back in. Someone would have walked by and seen the gun sitting on the booth, like he said. Yeah. Also, I think that he was, the big thing that got him off was they were able to air his Barbara Walters interview. And he is a good actor. You know, he gave this really what seemed heartfelt plea to his young daughter and looked right into the camera and was so dramatic about, you know, the whole thing. And I think some people fall for that. I'm just not one of them. I, and I think it's case in point is that he had a falling out with that kid and his other child, you know, within a matter of months of being found not guilty. And so it's like, clearly you weren't that genuine about this being, you know, the center of your universe. I've been trying to work on mindfulness with my son by introducing him to meditation techniques. And in doing this, I realized, you know, Tara, you could really benefit from meditation too. What else is a better way to start good habits than by modeling them, right? So I started listening to the Women's Meditation Network. It has all different types of podcasts, from anxiety meditation to sleep to morning meditation. Personally, I really enjoy the daily affirmations because they're just about 10 minutes long, which is just right for me and my schedule. Whether you're an experienced meditator or you're just getting started, check out Women's Meditation Network wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, I, I feel like if they were to like retry that case nowadays, it would have had a different outcome. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah, we have another one coming up, which wasn't a actor per se, but she did a lot of good acting. So, but it's it's an interesting one where you think it's somebody else the whole time, and then it happens to be somebody that you would never suspect being the murderer. Those are the kind of cases that we like as well. But if you can, I mean, you can fool people with, with your acting. You know, I think that's also how 
some of these husbands get away for a long time. You know, they call 911 and they're sobbing like that what they did didn't just happen. Or if you're pretty, you can get away with it for a long time. Like Lori Vallow. We see a lot of those cases where they just, police just take their word for it. And there's no good reason to take their word for it. It really is just because they're pretty. That could get you too far, unfortunately, sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) And many, in many situations. Gets you out of parking tickets and may get you out of murder convictions. No, I'm I'm just playing. What what does your family think about the work you do? They don't listen. (laughs) Good. Uh, Well, okay. My grandma listened to one of their first episodes and then she called me and she said, you know, it's just not for me. I'm like, good grandma, I don't want you listening anyways. (laughs) But our husbands, they are very supportive of us doing this. But we honestly, and hopefully our husbands don't listen to this interview, we don't really want them listening because we talk about them. And they generally do not like being talked about. And we are very, two very honest individuals. And we say, exactly what's happening. So when we have problems at home or we have problems in our marriage, people know about it. And I think that's what also our listeners love because you get to know who we are generally like or genuinely. And so when you're hearing our stories and we tell each other a story every week, so I don't know what Gretchen's going to talk about and she doesn't know what I'm going to talk about. So everything you hear is really authentic. It's just like if she was to call me on the phone and talk. And then we also talk about our lives for seven minutes before. So yeah, we just, they're supportive, but we're happy that they don't listen. I think they just see it as our escape, you know, like they just think it's just some other, you know, kind of escape from, you know, the reality of what we're normally inundated with doing homework and laundry. And (laughs) right now I have a kid throwing up with the stomach flu. So, oh no. I'm yeah. Sorry. So they think whatever makes you happy. Yeah. Murder, I, whatever I, yeah. it is. Yeah. <laughs> Do they like true crime? And and the reason why I ask that is my husband hates it. Like I will fold laundry and I will watch a documentary on John Wayne Gacy or Ted Bundy. And and just like do-do-do, folding socks and folding towels and don't think anything of it. He doesn't like anything that has to do with murder or true crime. And so my question to you is like, do you, do you sit with your husband and watch these documentaries together? Or is this more of like a, you're doing it by yourself kind of thing? Always by myself. No, he shames me. Yeah. <laughs> no. Let me ask you, does your husband like zombie apocalypse movies? My husband? Yeah. We could watch Walking Dead together. Yes, Tara. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. See, yeah. my husband yeah. too. And I'm like, this is scarier to me. <laughs> Your sci-fi crazy stuff that you watch is scarier than my dateline. Yeah, we watched like 10 seasons of Walking Dead and then it sort of jumped the shark and then we just gave up on it altogether. But yeah, we watched it every Sunday night. So yes, that is something that he could watch, but he won't go near a true crime documentary if he was forced to sit on the couch and watch it. Same as my husband. We did actually, just this week, we watched a new documentary. I think it was on Netflix. It was about an art heist out of Boston. 
It was called the Gardner Museum. That's a really interesting one. I think you guys would like it because oh. it's sort of in your wheelhouse. It, the whole thing was about like who stole the art, what were the connections, and this and that. Ultimately, I, I shouldn't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell you the ending. That's not fair to do that. Watch it. Report back. Tell me what you think. Well, watch it. It was good. Yeah, maybe we'll do an episode because if it doesn't, I mean, we like to do episodes that don't also involve murder. We like fraud. We like st- we like heists. We like bank robbery. Check this. You know what? This story has all of those things combined. So okay, I can't yeah, even that sounds think good. of the name of what the documentary itself is called. But like I said, the topic is the Gardner we'll Museum it. in Boston. Yeah. Definitely check it out. All right, ladies, tell everyone, where can we find you? We are anywhere that you get a podcast. So if you're listening to this podcast, which you should also be subscribed to, you can subscribe to ours at Housewives of True Crime. We also have a YouTube channel, Housewives of True Crime, where you can watch us tell our episodes. And then we are Housewives of True Crime on Instagram, on TikTok, Facebook. We also have a private Facebook group that you can talk about murder or ask questions and nobody else will be able to see outside of Facebook. So you don't have to be embarrassed about it. And it's called Housewives of True Crime Group. That's so awesome. I have to join. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely will. I love the title. How did you guys get the name for the podcast? Oh, well, we started off with our podcast name was Crimes, Carpools, and Cocktails. And then it was brought to our attention that it's not that cool to talk about cocktails and carpools at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) We were at CrimeCon and we were talking to a listener who is now a friend. And she said, you guys, that's just not you. You guys are the housewives. And we said, yeah, we are. That is great. And we changed the name <laughs> right away. That's awesome. I think that was a really, really good fit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We thank her. Her See, name is Stacy. Yeah. Shout out so. to Stacy. <laughs> thank See, you, yeah. Stacey. Yeah. I love it. Ladies, thank you so much for joining today. Thank you. It was so fun. Thank you for having us. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Modern Mom Probs. I hope you enjoyed our deep dive in today's problem with me, your host, Tara Clark. Join me next time when I'll be interviewing another great guest and tackling another Modern Mom problem. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review and a rating. As always, you could head over to Modern Mom Probs on Instagram and give me a follow or check out my book, Modern Mom Probs, A Survival Guide for 21st Century Mothers, available online wherever books are sold. Well, that's it for today. See you next time, folks.